Listening Dog Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, this is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Kate Borsay. Two huge upsets today as Brazil were knocked out of the World Cup by Jamaica and South Africa scored an injury time winner to take Italy's spot in the last 16. With me today on the show, it's Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, Kate. We knew we were going to have one of these days, didn't we? It was always going to be the case. We're basically high on action, is how you find us today, everyone. And the WSL midfielder with over 50 England caps, it is Jade Moore. Hi, Jade. Hi, Kate. What a great morning of football. How many pencils have you worn down, Jade? How many pieces of A4 paper have been scribbled across? You've been scribbling already. <laughs> Far too many. <laughs> this is what happens when you put a footballer under broadcasting stress. She's doing so well already, but she's got everything to hand. And I know you're going to be delivering some pinpoint analysis. What drama then on the second last day of the group stages? Let's get straight to it. Well, Jamaica held Brazil to a nil-nil draw in Melbourne to secure their spot in the last 16 for the first time ever and end Brazil's World Cup. The ESPN reporter Alexis Nunes joins us now. I'm sure you've been doing some celebrating, Alexis. Just tell me about some of the plaudits for the Jamaica team. Yeah, honestly, this was just, I think I watched the last five minutes underneath my duvet because I just literally did not have it in me. To, to even stomach it. They were probably the longest five minutes of my entire life because, look, this is single-handedly for us the biggest moment, I think, in our football history. 
men or women, whatever you want to call it, this is definitely the biggest moment in our football history. For so long, we have kind of held as a trophy the fact that the men were the first um, Caribbean nation to qualify for the World Cup back in 98. The women now have done it twice, and weirdly so, it's not as celebrated or even as respected, I would say, as we'd want it to be as much as how we do hold the men's qualification back in 98. But now I think this is a huge message. This, this... I mean, you, you put things into perspective and this feels like a trophy for us. However it goes from here, I almost want to say I don't care. You know, it could be Colombia, it could be Germany. Bring them on because we are just on an absolute <laughs> high right now. I hope there's an entire week of public holidays. It's actually our Independence Day um, in a few days time on August the 6th. But I think we should just get the entire week off. So the nation's fully behind you. What's been key for Jamaica? What's been different about them? They had such a rocky run up to this tournament. The team's been disbanded twice, for goodness sake. Has that driven them forward? Has that wanted, has that provided them with an excuse to prove some of the people, some of the doubters wrong? Tell us what's been key to the success. Yeah, honestly, 100%, I think it definitely has something to do with that. When we qualified for the first World Cup, you know, a couple of years ago, you would have hoped that we would have bettered the situation and, and capitalized on it. But it's it's so sad to to hear a lot of the same girls who were part of that first qualification campaign um, have to deal with the same issues, whether it be with the federation, whether it's a lack of funding, when you compare it as well to the men's team, as much as we want to keep them apart. But you see where the men get, funded to have camps and and flights and hotels and I'm not saying it's always perfect and then you realize that sometimes they can't find the same resources for the women's program and you're wondering what gives considering they have also had a world cup berth and they were this close as well at the moment to qualifying for this world cup yet they still almost had to keep proving themselves over and over again, which is why Sadella Marley, Bob Marley's daughter, came in in the first cycle. And she single-handedly, through the Bob Marley Foundation, funded them. She was paying for their equipment, their flights, their camp. This is someone who literally has no place in football. I mean, Bob Marley, if anybody ever knew him, he absolutely loved football as much as he loved his music too. So she said she just did it because she was like, my dad loved football and I think you know, he'd be rolling in his grave to know that Jamaica could be so close to going to a World Cup and they weren't because a lot of people just didn't think that a women's program was worth it, to put it plainly. And she has been such a key role to this. And I've spoken to a number of the players. I know the players very well. And they have said that she's become like a mother figure, like almost another aunt, you know, and, and who wouldn't want to be related to the Marley family, right? And they play a lot <laughs> she can be their them. mascot. Yeah, she can be the official mascot. I mean, if you feel like you have Bob Marley's name behind you, then heck yeah, you're going to put out a brilliant performance. And, you know, they did it time and time again. And I think through all the adversary that this current squad has faced, obviously, give or take, there's a number of, of names and players that were parts of the first cycle that aren't a part of this World Cup squad. But they became a family because they only had themselves to rely on. We talk about some of these girls, a lot of them, some born in the UK, raised there as well, a lot born in the US and raised there too. Their families, um, especially the ones in the US, because we know that football for women in the US is, is, is one of their top sports. So they've come from a culture being raised in the U.S. where it is so highly respected and their parents were almost flabbergasted to find out that in Jamaica it wasn't the same. And some of their parents have had literal fundraising campaigns that they yeah, personally... A GoFundMe campaign, exactly. exactly. Just to get them here.
Yeah, Jade, um, let's talk about the action on the pitch and the performances which stood out to you here from Jamaica. What was integral? Becky Spencer. Mm-hmm. I think she had an goalkeeper. unbelievable... The goalkeeper, yeah. She had a absolutely unbelievable game. She brought all of her experience into uh, this tournament and to have not conceded a goal so far is credit to her and credit to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Bonnie Shaw, let's just have a quick chat about her because there was, of course, uh, injury issues with her. She did pull up in this game as well, maybe a groin injury, but she carried on. Is she being managed, Alexis? Do we know what the situation is with Bonnie Shaw as we you know, look ahead to the next game? Yeah, I think we're definitely going to wait overnight to hear what the full extent of of that is because she did she didn't look very comfortable. Um, I would say we did she did pull up twice, but if there's ever a match that you know you're gonna just try to shake it off and move on, it would have been this one. And knowing Bunny, she's an absolute fighter, so she was going to do that, especially considering she missed that last match um, because of her red card in the first one, and that was such an historic win over Panama. But we're definitely going to see exactly what the situation is. Obviously, this was a game that wasn't necessarily built for Bunny because we were playing a very defensive game. You know, you're kind of just hoping maybe we'd get a ball to her and maybe she would run with it. She did have a huge chance as well, but uh, we still definitely haven't seen the perfect game for Bunny. And we know, especially in the UK, just how much of a quality player she is and how much she does love scoring. So for the next one, we definitely are going to want her. She is by far our best player. She's by far our biggest threat on goal. So if she needs to borrow my leg, I will happily give it to her for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, a question for you, Alexis. What do you, I know you've probably touched on that a little bit with Bunny Shaw, but what else do they need to do if they're going to get through this next game, given that they've not had any shots on target? Yeah, honestly, that's, that's the thing I said, because obviously now our two best performances, I would say, have come from very defensive performances, you know, and just having a really compact, organized defense. You talk about, you know, our centre-back pairing, which happens to be sisters in Alison Swaby and Chantal Swaby. Alison, who became, you know, the hero for Jamaica when she scored that lone goal against Panama. Uh, But again, coming from a defender, you know, and you want to see the attacking players kind of get into the mix. Of course, when you're up against the likes of France and Brazil, we knew exactly what the gameplay was going to be and they executed that perfectly. But for the next one, it's a knockout round and we can't draw our way to a final. We can't draw our way um, past the round of 16 unless it goes to penalties and we just fingers crossed and say a couple of Hail Marys. You could do that all the way. You could go to penalties all the way. (laughs) Nil-nil, nil-nil penalties, nil-nil penalties. (laughs) I did have my my brother just called me actually and he was so excited and happy. It's 6 a.m. in Jamaica right now and he doesn't normally get up that early but he called me and he said, you know what? We're going to draw our way to this final. And But the thing is, as much (laughs) as... It worked for Canada. I know, as much as we want that, we have to score goals either way in the next one and I think that's, that's what we need to do. We need to find a way to get those balls up to Bunny and to help service her up there if we want to win. Well, in the round of 16, Jamaica then are going to play the winner of Group H, which could be Germany, Colombia or Morocco. Take your pick at the moment. Uh, We look forward to seeing more of Jamaica in this tournament. It's such a good story. And I really hope that whatever happens, it is the motivator for more support from the JFF, the Jamaican Football Federation. Uh, Well done to you, Alexis. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we'll speak to you again very soon. Alexis Nunes now, the ESPN reporter. Good to speak to you. Thank you, guys. Jay, before we talk about the Brazil perspective, you must have been in that position where where you've just got to hold on. As a team strategy, you've just got to hold on. 
And I suppose you've also been in the other position as well, where you've got, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes left to seal qualification. How do you as a team manage that from the Jamaica perspective and and from the Brazil perspective? Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about this when I was watching the game. It's in those moments when you just know. There's a weird feeling, I think, the football sixth sense that you have. And you tend to take a lot of confidence out with how the game's played already. So, you know, if you've been dominant in the game already, you tend to think this is going to be it. We're going to have one more chance. And it's just about executing that one more chance and believing and staying with that game plan. But then when you're on the flip side of it, and you've defensively been strong and you're trying to time waste and you're using the clock to your advantage and you're using all of those skills that you've got that you've previously probably spoken about in camp. They're the bits that matter and they're the bits that everyone takes belief on, a tackle, a win, a header, you know, a goal kick, delaying time and all of those things plus defending for your lives. And they're the bits, they're the bits that take you over the line. Yeah, and that's what makes knockout games stressful, isn't it? And also games at this stage in a tournament, whether you're either, you know, through or not with everything left to play for in the final game. Well, for the reaction from the Brazil camp, Julia Bellas joins us from the Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. You've just left, I know, Julia. Tell us tell us what players and managers have been saying. They understand the mistakes that were made and it's quite hard for them to talk at the moment because Honestly, at the press conference, Pia Sunhag, the Brazil coach, uh, she said she didn't have answers for what happened today. Brazil really tried to score, but they didn't. She feels that maybe she was too late in making the subs she needed. Uh, she says that the team was really slow. And the players are just gutted, honestly. It's, it's really sad for them because they are, were really confident in this team. And it's a great squad. I mean, <laughs> it's the national team, but still wasn't enough. Yeah, Brazil looked tired. They looked like they lacked energy. They lacked connection in everything that they did. They didn't seem to have a plan B. What more do you think Brazil could have done today, Julia? Yeah, I agree with Pia in the sense of uh, they liked speed. And, you know, she talks about the Brazilian joy and, and about how the players are so good individually. So sometimes they have to take responsibility. But at the same time, I feel like even though Marta was the good choice to start in the lineup, you know, she has the experience, she has the talent, obviously, for her to play 80 minutes is beyond my my most wild thoughts after an ACL surgery and at 37 years old. And I don't know, I feel like they missed, I don't know, the drive to score. I felt like they were doing everything they, they got wrong in the game against France. You know, they were passing the ball a little bit more. They were shooting a little bit more. But at the same time, still wasn't enough and and I feel like if they if they were stronger mentally I feel like they could have the level-headed the the level-headed state of mind to score and they just didn't yeah did you see Julia this clip um at full time of Bunny Shaw and Marta talking to each other I don't know whether you've seen this yet but clearly she is a player that's inspired so many other footballers around the world, as well as her own nation. And surely this must be the final World Cup. Did it feel like a goodbye to her? And, and what would you want to say about her? It was a really, really sad goodbye, but it was definitely a goodbye. Uh, it's really interesting because every team that 
has played in against Brazil in this World Cup has players who were inspired by Marta and what she did for women's football, not only in Brazil, is remarkable. She deserves like a statue in every corner of the world if she can, because you know what she did was was amazing. And it's really sad to see Brazil lose this World Cup the way they did with her on the squad, with her being in her last World Cup. And she'll still be playing for a couple more years, I think, in the U.S. But I feel like she'll try to be as close to the national team as possible because her role, if her role in this World Cup was any any tip on what she's doing next, she works to inspire players and she works to make Brazil be better and be it on the pitch, be it outside of the pitch, inspiring them and, you know, complaining about them sometimes and, and just doing the best you can. And Jade, you played with Marta at Orlando. I wonder from, from that point of view of walking into a dressing room or onto the training pitch and seeing her for the first time, whether she does, she just oozes something special. Yeah, she does. Um, she is a women's football legend. Um, I'm super sad for her today because that's going to hurt. Bowing out, obviously, the last game of her international t- career to obviously not make it out of the group stages is is really tough to take. Um, but she's an amazing person. One of the biggest things I can say to her is she was like a big kid playing football. She spoke about her passion. She has an unbelievable passion energy to to win and she's ruthless and that's what I loved about her but she was she just wanted to play football she didn't like the tactics she didn't like the anything to do with training she just wanted to play football that was it I love that I love that did she did she used to stay on after training or go in no of course she didn't no she was like the first one out the last one in she'd just be juggling the ball around all the time coaches would be talking she'd be juggling the ball doing tricks and flicks and (laughs) skills and everything she never not didn't have a ball so she was always on like always just doing things and she was just she was just she was a pleasure to be around but she was also a really inspiring and motivational person as well yeah and a natural talent. Where does the team go from here? Will there be questions or do you have to chalk this one off and continue with moving the team forward without Marta? I think this whole cycle, this whole PL cycle so far, the last four years were about, you know, moving the team forward without the legends, without Formiga, without Cristiani. We have to remember that P.S. and Hoggis contract is only until the Olympics. And she has been contested by parts of the media, by fans, absolutely. People don't really, you know, care for her that much sometimes. It's about seeing if she stays or if she leaves. And if she leaves, who is going to take up the mantle and who is going to try to change things and improve things for the Olympics. And I mean, Brazil have been underperforming in in major tournaments. So, but the players still believe in PS work. So all of these things need to be taken into consideration. And I think the national federation will have some really difficult conversations in the next few days well look commiserations thanks so much for joining us outside the stadium there in melbourne julia bellas good to speak to you julia thank you everyone for having me unfortunately it wasn't this time for brazil but maybe the next one this is tash dowie join us for the offside rule world cup daily with sky sports 
Well, France topped the group after a goal fest in the other Group F game today. Another martyr took the headlines at the start with an outstanding free kick from Panama's Marta Cox. But France were too strong and it ended 6-3 in Sydney, featuring a hat-trick from Cariatu Diani, who was spectacular. Lindsay, you were across this one. We're at the stage, aren't we, where we've got kickoffs happening at the same time, so we have to tag-team our way through it. Uh, this was your department. We saw the best of the goals basically today in this one, but but I have to say that there were a few squeaky points for France. It was an insane match. This was one that you just could not follow or keep up with. I was still sitting down. I was in the process midair of putting my bottom on the sofa as the free kick went in from Marta Cox. Don't know whether anyone wanted that image, um, <laughs> but that was in reality what was happening. I think it was after 72 seconds, was it? I think it was 67 seconds, even quicker, Kate. Well, according to the app that I'm looking at, I know Jade would have written this down and taken notes if she was on this game, but I'm looking at this app here and it says 67 seconds, which is also the fastest goal of this tournament. And what a beautiful free kick. I did alert Jade to this because it was the technique. I always think that if you if you see a player that hits the valve of the ball, you can tell because of the swerve on it. And it was pretty far out, this free kick. So as I was sitting down, I wasn't thinking that this was going to go in by any stretch. And as you saw it go over the wall and it dipped down, the swerve was divine. I loved it. I loved the goal. And then the reaction from her, she was in floods of tears. You know, the emotion, that outpouring mm. of, of scoring the first goal for her country. And, and I think she probably at that point, certainly getting towards half time, would have thought this will be the only goal that our nation will score. And it will be my name that everyone's talking about. They ended up scoring three, Kate. This was an insane football match. I can't express it enough because France, they didn't have their strongest starting 11. We know that with our ones to watch in the sense that the the messages were firing all over the group because Wendy Renard, nowhere to be seen. And um, <laughs> Kenza Dali, uh, she wasn't it starting. There were, there were quite a few as well, actually, that were on yellow cards and that felt more sensible. But it meant that the focus was on other players like Diani. And she really delivered some brilliant finishes. There was also some fortuitous goals in this game. Um, There were clumsy bits of action, as well as moments of magic like that free kick. It was all over the place. A note on Panama, they did get themselves back into it, but there were a few defensive errors. I know their team meeting at halftime didn't look very harmonious at all. The defender, Wendy Natis, and the midfielder, Aldrich Quintero, they had to be kept apart by teammates. But when they did pull the goals back, everything looked okay again. Um, Let's talk about France, Lindsay. Big question marks over them, really. We know that they're a team in transition. That's not to forgive them looking far from convincing in parts of this game. Who do they face next? And what are you expecting from them now at this World Cup? Well, all of the matches conclude tomorrow in Group H, but it looks like Germany will be runners-up. I think Colombia should beat Morocco. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think it could be France-Germany, which would be wow in terms of a last 16 match to get rid of one of these nations. It's going to certainly help somebody else, maybe even England further down the line, who knows. But in terms of the the lineup and the setup that we had for the, the France team today, I think it will be pretty unrecognisable. You'll have all these players coming back that were rested. And a shout out for Vicky Béchot as well. She came on and looked very good. She got the sixth goal uh, for France. She's a 19-year-old forward for Lyon. Well, let's move now to Group G. Hi, I'm Esme Morgan and you're listening to the Offside Rule with Sky Sports. 
Well, South Africa were heading out of the tournament, but in the 92nd minute, Tembi Katlana scored the winning goal to send them through to the next round and knock Italy out. Such drama. It ended 3-2 in Wellington, with Italy's two goals coming from Ariana Caruso and South Africa's first two from Hilda Magaya. And uh, there was a Benedetta Orsi own goal as well. Jade, I don't even know where to start with this one. It was a crazy game, wasn't it? It was a real end of group stages number, this one. It was. It was madness. Uh, One that I thought first half had Italy dominating, going through with ease, and then the second half completely turned on its head. What a way to win um, for South Africa. Yeah, madness is probably the best (laughs) word to say. Pick out some moments for me then as we go through this. I mean, one thing that I noted was Katlana's pass for Magaya's goal. That was that was a no-look pass, wasn't it? It was just a beautiful piece of skill. It was. The assist, perfect, perfectly weighted and executed. But then the goal, like the goal, like phew, what a game for her. The no-look pass obviously was perfect, but then it was a lovely team goal the awareness to cut the ball, then the execution to finish, stoppage time to win. Like, <laughs> it's its just crazy. It was madness. She's still trying to recover by the sounds of it. Um, look, in that, in that game, South Africa could have gone 3-1 up at one stage, but then Italy pulled it back to 2-all. So when we look more into the analysis of this, yes, it was a crazy game, but was that more about exposing defensive errors, moments of luck? Tell me why it went through such yo-yo stages at periods. Yeah, I think obviously the first half, like as I said, Italy dominated possession, they dominated the game, they looked comfortable. And then where it started to change is obviously the own goal. That obviously changed momentum. They came out at half-time South Africa and they looked like they'd changed what they wanted to do and where they want to ex- execute. Italy's back three at the um, in the first half was causing them some problems. And then obviously the game plan that they came out of South Africa, they exploited down the wings, they pushed the game forward, they ran forward with pace, they played direct and really hurt Italy. They couldn't cope with that and that's where obviously two of the goals came from. But on the flip side, Italy still had chances to obviously get themselves back in the game and win the game in moments. So I think they'll be very disappointed with the way that the game turned out in the end, but credit to South Africa, they believed, they had passion, they went all the way and they executed exactly what they wanted to do. Um, Italy had 62% possession, seven shots on target to South Africa's five. So that tells you some of the story here, doesn't it? Italy have now gone out at the group stage in the Euros. Remember that heavy defeat to France and the World Cup back-to-back, which cements our concern really about Milena Bertolini in charge for six years. Jay, tell me about Catalana's goal celebration, the kind of pull the chain thing. Do we know what that's about? I have no idea. But it was <laughs> I tried good. looking it up in a hurry earlier whilst I was in a goal frenzy and I didn't um, I didn't properly follow it up. So if you're listening to this, please enlighten us. What is behind Tembi Catalana's goal celebration? Flush that away. That's what she's saying. Flush that <laughs> it looked away. like a toilet flush, didn't it? <laughs> and a word on South Africa's journey forward to finish this off. They've got the Netherlands in the last 16. That's unlucky, isn't it, Jade? But what do the team need to do for this one? Do you think they give themselves the best possible chance? Play with the same composure, the same belief, the clinical finishing that they did. I think they can, if they do all of that, I think they can give the Netherlands a great game. But they cannot wait for the second half to go and do that. They've got to come out firing from the first off. Yeah, otherwise the Netherlands will exploit them. We saw that in their last game, didn't we? Um, Okay, good stuff. Next up, let's discuss Argentina, who played Sweden. 
keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. Well, Sweden top Group G with a 2-0 win over Argentina in Hamilton, thanks to a header from Rebecca Blungfist and a penalty from Ellen Rubinson after Blungfist was brought down in the box. Lindsay, you were across this one. Sweden, to start with, were being drawn in by Argentina, weren't they, who were playing a very physical game. How did they get the better of them in the end? They, they just reverted to type here, Kate. They went with what their strengths are. And, and it, I must point out as well that Argentina had that opportunity, I think, certainly at the beginning, to ask some questions because it was another one of these unpredictable lineups for the final group game where players were being rested. We would have all been safer with our ones to watch in picking goalkeepers, I think. It's just wholly unpredictable. Um, so my choice of Rolfer didn't even start this one. So you looked at, at the spine. I know. She's bitter. You look at the spine of the squad and and I think it just took that bit of adjusting but I wouldn't read too much into that I think had the Sweden lineup that started the previous match been starting this one I think Argentina maybe wouldn't have got at them as much but ultimately they started playing the ball out to the wings I think they need to use the width Sweden putting crosses into the box that is one of their 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 major assets is that they have great deliveries into the box and they need to have players there to try and capitalize but of course those sorts of play, bringing in the wings and and putting balls in, is all reliant on relationships and knowing each other. So I think the fact that some changes had been made, it just took a little while for it for them to adjust. I think. Well, Argentina are out. They finished bottom of the group. Sweden now face USA in the last sixteen. Everyone who knows women's football, Lindsay, is rubbing their hands together in glee because even though we're some years after at the ditching out of USA from the Olympics by Sweden, there's still a score to settle, isn't there? There is. It will be interesting. I think if you looked at Group G on the surface, when the draw was first made for the World Cup and you were Sweden, you were probably thinking brilliant. Because I think out of all the groups, they've had it the easiest. I think that's why they've been on nine points. I don't think they've had a true test yet. Then you look at pretty much all of the other groups. You might say that wasn't the case with England either in the end. But I think in a lot of the other groups, there the were matchups and there were physical battles as well as the, those possession-based ones. And teams have been tested multiple different ways. I don't think Sweden have yet. They they really have. I, I talked about reverting to type. That's what they've done in all three of these games. They've played a similar style of football. And against the USA, the way they knocked them out in the Olympics, Kate, is that they had to do something else. They had to provide that physicality. They had to make sure that the movement was was just pulling USA all over the place and asking them more with the high press than what USA were going to do with them. And I think USA have got something to prove not only because of, of that result historically, but they've got something to prove generally on the world stage right now. The draw in these group stages, I think, really did make think, people think, are USA gettable? And I think if they want to assert themselves and say, actually, no, we are still one of the favourites for this tournament, then they have to dispatch Sweden with ease. I don't think they will. I think I think it will be a really good matchup. Yeah, Jade, what about you on this one? I mean, Sweden look like favourites at the moment, just based on what we've seen so far. But Lindsay's got a point. Maybe they haven't been tested yet. 
Yeah, um, in tournament football, momentum's massive. And right now, uh, Sweden have all the momentum. USA are coming off of a, a tricky group sort of standing. So I think USA are going to have to obviously uh, fix up quickly if they're going to obviously dispatch Sweden, like uh, Lindsay said. But right now, it's gonna, I, it could go to extra time. It could be a penalty one. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, we've got to start thinking about extra time from Saturday in this tournament, haven't we? Next up then, it's our ones to watch predictions game. Here's producer Sophie with the rules. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports ones to watch. The game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal, it's one point for an assist and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team and, of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. Thank you, Sophie. Listeners, if you want to join in at any points, just start with the same amount of points as the person in last place and get going. Who's that, Lindsay, the person in last place? Oh, (laughs) I don't know. I've been away for three days and the last five. (laughs) So where are we now? Even though Wendy Renard didn't play, the producers are still leading on 19 points. I'm second on 15 points, thanks to Amanda Illestat's clean sheet. The pundits are on 11 and Lindsay is on eight with Rolfo having been left on the bench. If we were to play this game again in four years time, I'm confident. If we were, stop it now with the caveats. I would do really well. I I get it now. I get what, what you mean of- in four years time you do really well Jade <laughs> I feel like we're all we've all gone through this together we've all gone oh let's go for an attacking player let's hopefully they score they assist and then as as the tournament's gone on we're like safer safer bets safer bets every time but I've not gone safe again Tash is killing me oh. right hold hold that just there on Thursday it's the last day of the group stages all will be decided in group H as top of the group Colombia face third place Morocco and Germany will look to avoid an upset when they play Korea Republic so drum roll who are your ones to watch Jade given the the game that she had the other day I'm going Linda Casado I'm hoping oh, that she Linda um, she uh, attacks it again and uh, comes up trumps with an unbelievable finish again. Yes, the fantastic 18-year-old uh, who's had such a journey already in life. Are you hoping that she comes up with the goods? And um, Producer Sophie and I have gone for the same player and it is purely because she has not let us down yet. That is Alexandra Pop. Lindsay? I'm going to follow my own advice. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm going to go for a goalkeeper. I'm doing it because I need a differential. Let me go for Merle Frooms then of Germany. I, I don't think they'll concede, will they, against South Korea, she says. You don't sound very hopeful with that. I mean, that's what happens when you're in that awful position, Jade. You're just stuck on bottom and uh, you're desperately trying to claw things up. I'm off for a few shows, so I'm going to be handing the responsibility of my second position over to Hayley McQueen and Helen Hardy. Who knows? I could be in the same position as Lindsay when I come back, couldn't I, Lindsay? Well, I think Helen Hardy has acquired most of your points, so I think that is very rude of you. 
<laughs> it's a shame she didn't return the favour for you, yes. Sam Kerr. I know, um, I know. Let's round it up there. Thank you so much, Lindsay Hooper. Thank you to you. Jade Moore, always thank you to you. We're enjoying your tactical insight, the scribblings on the paper. Thank you to both of you. And also, if you're listening, thank you to you as well. Don't forget to rate, follow and subscribe and share your thoughts with us too. We're really enjoying hearing from you. A hashtag OffsideWC and at OffsideRulePod. Uh, thanks to the comedian Matt Ford, brilliant comedian. Uh, one of the voices behind Spitting Image uh, he's fabulous and he's saying he's loving the show and he hopes it continues after the World Cup so thank you for the shout out Matt really appreciate it this has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports see you next time Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.